most people are very surprised at the impact this has on excess fat storage, especially around the belly area. Welcome to Rev Your Metabolism with Alicia Murphy. I'm Alicia, your host, creator of Stress Monkey Fitness, The Rev Method, and your go-to health coach for being super fit and unstoppable after 40. With 15 years of rocking the fitness and nutrition industry, plus overseeing the wellness program for a major shoe company, I'm here to share my knowledge with you. Are you ready to join me on an exciting journey to restore your metabolism, boost your health, and turn back the aging clock? On this podcast, we'll unlock the secrets to boundless energy, burning more fat naturally, and feeling confident in your own skin. Get ready to soak up simple yet powerful strategies that will transform your health and fitness game. These tips will be a game changer, so hang on to your hats and glasses. And do not forget to hit that follow button so you won't miss any of our amazing tips and tricks. All right, let's rev it up. Hey, Rever. It's your good buddy, Alicia, here. Today on the Rev Your Metabolism podcast, we're going to discover the game-changing secret to optimal health and fat loss. We're going to talk about why this one thing is key for your transformation. I am really excited because this episode is very near and dear to my heart. Before we get started, though, I want you to go grab your shoes, lace up, get out there for your walk, and let's walk and talk about this game-changing topic. Also today, I'm going to start something new, a little fun. We're going to have a couple of fact or fiction breaks. You'll see what I mean when we get there. All right, so today we're going to uncover something that has a huge impact on your health, on your weight, on how you feel, on your ability to slow down aging, Mastering this one thing, my sweet petunia, can dramatically increase your health. It's going to impact your mood. It's going to give you consistent energy throughout the day. How flippin' awesome would that be? It's going to, this is a big one, help your body burn stored fat as fuel. That's rad. What is it? Dramatic pause. (laughs) It's balanced blood sugar. All right, stop for a second. If you're thinking, wait, blood sugar? Isn't that just something people with diabetes need to worry about? Nope, nuh-uh. Blood sugar balance is linked to, okay, get ready, because this is going to be mind-blowing, possibly. It's linked to your health. It's linked to your hormones, your metabolism, your brain health, and so much more, which we're going to talk about today. It's also linked to something called metabolic health. All right, Rever, it's time for... 
Fact or fiction? Here we go. Fact or fiction, just yell out your answer. Only 25% of Americans are considered to be metabolically healthy. Fact or fiction? 25% of Americans are considered to be metabolically healthy. That, my sweet rever, is fiction. Get ready for this shocking stat. Only 12% of Americans are considered to be metabolically healthy. And that 12%, you are going to be one of them because that's why you're here listening to the Rev Your Metabolism podcast. All right, let's dig in on this. But before we do, a couple things I want to tell you. This is going to be a two-parter because this is a very big topic and it's very worth your time to understand this topic because I promise you this, if you can wrap your mind around this topic and and be able to incorporate the strategies I'm going to give you into your lifestyle, it's literally going to change your health. Um, it's going to help your body to burn fat rather than store fat. You're going to feel amazing. It's, it's worth your time. So this is going to be part one. And then next week will be part two because I wanted to break it up and make it a little more digestible for you. Second thing I want to tell you is a little story about what happened to me and why I know so damn much about this topic. I'm going to very much make this long, dramatic story as short as I possibly can. About 10 years ago, as a matter of fact, I just celebrated the the 10 10 year anniversary of what I'm about to tell you. About 10 years ago, I was feeling really sick for several months. Went to these different doctors. Nobody could figure out what the heck was wrong with me. And I kind of thought I was losing my mind. Well, I go to take my son, who was two at the time, to his pediatrician. And I know her. Give a shout out to Dr. Stephanie Bowie because she literally saved my life. And she looks at me and says, whoa, what is wrong with you? Because Rever, I was that sick that I just looked absolutely horrible. And I tell her, you know, I think I'm just stressed out. I haven't been feeling good. No one can find out what's wrong with me, figure it out. So she says, uh, no, you come back in here tomorrow and let's see if I can run some tests and help you figure out why you're feeling so bad. So the next day, here I am, uh, uh, I know for those of you that don't know me, I'm very tall and I'm in a a little kid's doctor's office getting tests done. Well, she calls me the next day and says, hey, uh, this is weird, but I think you have diabetes. And I tell her, no way do I have diabetes because, you know, I eat really healthy and I exercise. And she says, I think it might be type one diabetes. I'm going to make sure you understand the difference between type 1 and type 2 in a minute because I'm on a mission to educate people about the difference. However, type 1 diabetes is something you usually get when you're a little kid. So when she said that, I was like, but I'm 40 years old. And she said, "Uh, well, your blood sugar is 900. You need to go to the emergency room. So here we go. I was in ICU for five days. Um... They were telling me that 
with the numbers I had, they didn't even know that someone could still be alive with those numbers. And most likely what saved me um, was that my healthy lifestyle just kept me hanging on by a thread. And at the time, dig this, I was already in the fitness and nutrition industry. And I thought I knew a lot about the metabolism, about blood sugar, about all this stuff that I'm teaching you on this podcast. But it's nothing like living with having to deal with blood sugar every single day. And listen, Rever, I will tell you right now, and this might sound a little woo-woo to you, but I believe I got this disease because I am supposed to teach people about blood sugar, about insulin, about cortisol, about their metabolic hormones, because it is literally life-changing once you understand this stuff. So that is my story. I am a type 1 diabetic, and let's remember that I'm not a doctor, so everything that I teach you on this podcast is coming from my life experience and what I have learned, which is, let me tell you, an effing lot. But always consult your doctor about making changes to your diet, exercise, or lifestyle when you hear things from me or anybody else for that matter. So before we get into this, I just want to make sure so that you know, because I have a lot of people say to me, you have diabetes? oh, I thought you were supposed to be so healthy. So really quickly, I have type 1 diabetes, which is an autoimmune disease. Basically, my pancreas quit making the hormone insulin. So I have to wear a little device on my body that has insulin in it. And whenever I eat food, I have to tell the device how much insulin to give me. So basically, I try to be my own pancreas. Not an easy task, let me tell you. Now, it's not reversible. Please don't contact me and tell me how type 1 diabetes is reversible. It is not. Type 2 diabetes, that's the the lifestyle disease usually, although I have plenty of people who are fit and healthy that are being diagnosed with prediabetes, and I'm going to explain in a moment why I think that is. But type 2 diabetes, your pancreas still makes insulin, unlike mine, but the cells reject the insulin. So you're, you're known as something that's called insulin resistant when you're diagnosed with type 2 diabetes or even prediabetes. 95% of people with diabetes have type 2. The good news is that it is reversible if it's caught early enough. And I'm going to have my good friend Michelle come on in a future episode very soon and interview her because she is an expert at helping people reverse type 2 diabetes. So pre-diabetes, and this is a big deal because one in three Americans are pre-diabetic, but nine out of 10 don't know they're pre-diabetic. Did you hear what I just said? Don't trip if you're out walking right now. Listen to that again. One in three Americans are pre-diabetic, but nine out of 10 don't know that they are pre-diabetic. So this is a precursor to type 2 diabetes, right? This is insulin resistance, and it's completely reversible through diet and lifestyle. And one thing you need to know is if you come from a family 
of diabetics, if your parents have type 2 diabetes, your odds of getting it are going to go up. And it doesn't mean you have to get it. It just means you need to work to not get it. So now I'd like to introduce you to my friends, blood sugar and insulin. And listen, I know I'm going to make this as painless and simple as I possibly can. So please don't turn this episode off because you're worried that I'm going to give you a science lesson. I am, but I'm going to try to make it easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So stick around because when you leave here, you're going you're gonna to be smarter. You're going to know things and you can, <laughs> I don't know, share your knowledge with your friends and fascinate them. I don't know. Just, just stick around. All right, here we go. Blood sugar and insulin. When we refer to blood sugar levels, we mean the measure of glucose in the bloodstream. So it's technically called blood glucose, but most people call it blood sugar. Now, insulin is sometimes called the fat storage hormone. Insulin is the hormone that is released to bring the levels of your blood sugar, the blood glucose, back down by delivering it to certain areas in the body. So let me just make sure that you're understanding this. Glucose is a nutrient that comes from carbohydrates that you eat, okay? Insulin is a hormone. And we're going to talk more about how they work together in just a moment. But first, let me explain to you why balancing your blood sugar is key. Today, what I want to do is I want to talk about the impact on your blood sugar on different things you might not have known about. I want to talk about the link between your blood sugar and fat storage, because that's a really big deal. Um, And I want to talk about things other than food that impact your blood sugar that when I tell most people, it absolutely blows their mind. And then in the next episode, part two, I'm going to tell you signs that your blood sugar is out of whack, and I'm going to tell you ways to manage your BS. (laughs) I love saying that. I'm going to tell you ways to balance your blood sugar, but I like to say manage your BS because it's just funny. All right, so why balancing blood sugar is key. Your head might spin when you hear all the things that are impacted by your blood sugar. So first of all, it affects your mood and energy. When your blood sugar is out of a normal range, you feel weird and uncomfortable. And I know this sounds dramatic, but it's true, emotionally off balance. Your brain runs on glucose. So when you have fluctuations in dramatic fluctuations, I should say, in blood glucose, remember that's the same thing as blood sugar, it can result in rapid mood changes. So when your blood sugar is high, you feel lethargic, brain fog, really sleepy. Think about that mid-afternoon slump. A lot of times, you know, at 3 p.m. when you start to crave sugar or you need the coffee, you want to look back at what you ate for lunch Did you have a carb fiesta at lunchtime? I just, there's a big old helicopter going over me right now and 
hopefully it doesn't sound too horrible. But when people go and eat all, you know, a Subway sandwich and some chips and a cookie, and then they're sitting all afternoon, I guarantee you that blood sugar is elevated. And that high blood sugar, again, brain fog, lethargic, sleepy, okay? Now, what's going to go up must come down. So your blood sugar is high. It is going to crash. That crash results in your body sending you cravings for sugar, for carbs. Sometimes you might feel a little bit anxious and shaky for low blood sugar. And the term hangry that we all laugh about on the Snickers commercial, it is pretty funny. But it's real. Hangry is real. When your blood sugar is low, your body goes in a state of panic because it's like, holy shit, what is going on right now? Why, why are we in danger with this low blood sugar? So your body's going to send you cues. You need to eat. Get some sugar. Eat some carbs. Okay? So it can also zap you of energy when this happens. That roller coaster drains you. Blood sugar also impacts hunger and cravings. I just tapped on that because unregulated blood sugar causes your hormones associated with hunger and cravings to go all wonka do. Remember, what goes up, like I mentioned, must come down. So when that blood sugar is crashing, your body starts to think you don't have access to food and it's going to try to get you to eat by sending you hunger cues and cravings. If this is making a lot of sense to you, I want you to start to look at the meal that you had before this was happening, you know, an hour, two hours before this started happening. That's probably likely the culprit. All right. Blood sugar is also linked to hormonal balance. Did you know that? Yeah. Dysregulated blood sugar can affect hormone balance, especially your metabolic hormones, which is what this podcast is all about. Cortisol, insulin, ghrelin, leptin, thyroid. Hormones are linked. That's the thing you got to know. Think of your hormones like an orchestra. They're all connected. If one of those instruments is playing out of key, the whole entire orchestra is thrown off. So it's the same thing with your hormones. Once one hormone goes a little wonky, it can cause a cascade that throws other hormones out of whack. So two hormones you have a lot of impact through diet and lifestyle is cortisol and insulin. We're going to be digging in on those two, oh my goodness, in this podcast. So stay with me for this ride because you're going to learn a lot. Blood sugar balance is also linked to your overall health. Okay. Over time, high blood glucose levels can damage the body's organs. When your blood sugar is high, it is toxic for your body. That is why it's very important for that hormone insulin to go in and do its job and get your blood sugar down. So when you are insulin resistant, when that's not working right in your body, that means you have these high levels of toxicity over and over and over. It can damage the body's organs, also can lead to damaged blood vessels, which can lead to heart attacks, stroke, 
problems with the kidneys, eyes, gums, nerves, and feet. And uncontrolled blood sugar is also linked to an increased risk of many chronic diseases, obesity, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, cognitive decline, and some cancers. I want to highlight two of these. Notice I said cognitive decline. So things like Alzheimer's, Parkinson, they are linked to blood sugar. In fact, some doctors are calling Alzheimer type 3 diabetes because of how intrinsically linked your blood sugar control impacts Alzheimer's. And I also wanted to highlight non-alcoholic fatty liver disease because I've had quite a few people reaching out to me and I tell them, you need to focus on blood sugar balance. That is very, very linked to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. All right, are you ready to play the game? Fact or fiction? (laughs) I'm gonna get better, I'm gonna get better at this, but I think the fact or fiction thing is gonna be super fun. All right, here we go, fact or fiction. If your blood sugar is too high too often, your body will not be able to burn fat or build lean muscle. Fact or fiction? Dun, 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 dun. Just kidding. That is a fact. So let me make sure you heard that. If your blood sugar is too high too often, your body will not be able to burn fat or build lean muscle. And that sucks, right? That leads me into the next thing I want to talk about, which is the link between blood sugar and fat storage. This is a big one. And this is why oftentimes when we're talking about counting calories, that can work great for somebody with a healthy metabolism. Maybe they're in their 20s, they're younger, they're they're not totally stressed out. But what I'm about to explain to you can show you how the body can actually prefer to store fat rather than burn it. So that's why counting calories, it can be a problem for some people. So let's just get into this. So fat storage, how how does blood sugar affect fat storage? Well, when you eat carbs, and I, and it, I don't care if you're eating brown rice or if you are eating a donut. All carbohydrates are going to eventually turn into glucose, right? And that's what we're talking about is blood sugar. So you eat carbs, they eventually turn into glucose. That glucose becomes your blood sugar or blood glucose. And P.S., I'm oversimplifying this, okay? Now you've got elevated blood sugar levels, because you ate the carbs. If you're not going to use that blood sugar as energy, because it is a very easy source of energy, that's why you see the marathoners out, you know, eating those goo packets. They're eating pure sugar because it goes straight to the bloodstream. It elevates their blood sugar and they use it as energy immediately. It's a very accessible, easy form of energy. However, if you, like the the example I used earlier, if you they ate a whole bunch of carbs at lunch and then went and sat on your tuchus all afternoon, so you're not using that high blood sugar as energy, then insulin has to come in, the hormone we talked about, and it's got to get that blood sugar down, okay? 
That's insulin's job. So I want you to think of insulin as the key to unlock cells in different parts of your body for the blood sugar to go to. You got you with me so far? So insulin is the key. It goes and it unlocks the cells and it takes the blood sugar first to the liver and the muscles. But only a limited amount can be stored in the liver and in the muscles. The rest of that blood sugar is going to get stored as fat. Couple things. This is one reason why the more lean muscle, high quality muscle mass you have, because notice I mentioned only a certain amount can be stored of that blood sugar in your liver and muscles. Well, the more lean muscle mass you have, the more can be stored in your muscles, okay? So if you're somebody that's been diagnosed with prediabetes or you have the pre, you know, you're, you're starting to have type two diabetes, I want you to start walking. And we'll talk more about that in a future episode. But right now, spoiler alert, walking is majorly beneficial on your blood sugar and you want to work on the lean muscle, okay? Because it's going to help you get balanced blood sugar. And I do want to mention this just to be very um, thorough. Most of the time, we're taught that blood sugar goes up and insulin is released only when we eat carbs. Insulin is also released when we eat protein, but much less. It's a very small amount. Um, And that's kind of an advanced topic for another day. But for now, just realize that the more carbs you eat the higher your blood sugar is going to go, okay? So the higher your blood sugar goes means more insulin is going to be released. And here's the deal. Until those insulin levels come back down to balance, your body cannot burn fat as fuel, okay? So let me make sure I say that again. The more carbs you eat, the higher your blood sugar goes, And the higher your blood sugar goes, the more insulin has to be released, which means it's going to take it longer to get back down to balance. Until it's back down to balance, your body can't burn fat, right? So again, I, I talk about this a lot, and I know there's a certain amount of people out there that need to be snacking, but for most of us over 40, we do not need to be snacking every couple hours, Wait for four hours in between eating to allow that blood sugar to come back down. Allow the insulin to return back to level so that your body can tap into fat as fuel. How long does it take insulin levels to come back down to balance? It depends on what you ate. Um, Anywhere from probably, you know, one and a half to four hours. If you ate a lot of carbs, it's going to take three to four hours. Another tip, the secret is fiber. Fiber helps slow down the release of the sugar into the bloodstream. So that means less insulin will be released. So when I talk about all carbs turn in to glucose, which becomes your blood sugar, I want to make sure that I say this. The difference between eating something that has a lot of fiber and something that doesn't, and specifically carbohydrates I'm talking about, is that If you eat carbohydrates that have a good amount of fiber, it's going to release 
that sugar slower into the bloodstream, which means less insulin is going to get released. If you're eating something with little to no fiber, a carbohydrate that has little to no fiber, your that blood sugar is going to jolt up. It's going to skyrocket quickly, which means more insulin is released. So that is the link between your blood sugar and helping your body to want to store fat, which is not a good thing, right? We want our body to tap into fat as fuel. All right. Now, let's quickly talk about the link between unregulated blood sugar and neurodegenerative disorders. So unregulated blood sugar, as well as insulin resistance, can lead to metabolic dysfunction. Increasing evidence suggests a link between metabolic dysfunction and brain disorders. And I already mentioned this. There's such a strong link, in fact, that some now in the community are calling Alzheimer's type 3. And consistent high blood sugar is associated with cognitive decline. I will tell you right now, when my blood sugar is high, I, it's like I can't remember my words. I'll be, I'll be talking, and I'm like, what's that word? Hmm. And my husband will say, car? I'm like, oh, yeah, car. That was the word. I'm not kidding. So it's a really, really big deal for your mood, your energy, but also the way your brain functions. Let's talk quickly, and I'm about to wrap this up, but hang with me here a bit longer. Unregulated blood sugar and diabetes. Now, again, if you have not been diagnosed with prediabetes, type 2 diabetes, or you don't have someone in your family that you're, you know, a parent, let's say, or a grandparent with type 2 diabetes, please don't skim over this because I, projections say, estimate that about half of America either has prediabetes or type 2. Half. So this is something you need to understand. Remember what we talked about, about um, what happens when we overeat carbs, specifically refined starches and sugars, carbs with little to no fiber. Too many overly processed and refined carbs on a regular basis, and again, that means with little to no fiber, causes our blood sugar to spike high on a regular basis. That means a lot of insulin is being released on a regular basis to get that blood sugar down. With this constant surge of insulin, our cells start to reject it. When the cells start to reject the insulin, that's called insulin resistance. This is the case in prediabetes, which can lead to type 2 diabetes. Again, prediabetes is reversible through diet and lifestyle. If you've been told you have a blood sugar issue, okay, if you've been told that your fasting blood sugar is too high or your A1C is too high, then you definitely have an insulin resistance issue. So what I would recommend is that you focus on becoming more insulin sensitive, okay? So blood sugar issue, if you've been diagnosed with prediabetes, I want you to start to focus on becoming more insulin sensitive. And you're in the right place. You are in the right place if that's what you want to learn more of, which everybody should want to learn more about it. So there we go. All right. 
Yeah. I, I, I have this in my notes. Everyone should strive to be insulin sensitive. It's true. Everyone should strive to be insulin sensitive. And guess what? By you learning this stuff, you can help others learn it. People that you care about, right? Okay. Last thing I want to talk about is the link between, and this, this is where a lot of people are like, holy crap. We're going to talk about the link between stress and blood sugar. Because guess what? It's not just food that impacts your blood sugar. Stress also impacts your blood sugar. That's right. So first of all, let's figure this out. What is stress? So think of an example. What's the first thing when I say, what does stress mean to you? What's the first example that you think of? Now, most people are probably going to think mental or emotional stress, right? Getting angry on the 405 and yelling at somebody or, you know, stressing over something at work or your kids or whatever. But here is actually what we need to define stress as. Anything the body views as a stressor. That could be dehydration. That could be a lack of sleep a chronic pain, too much junk food. That's right, too much junk food actually stresses out your body. A lack of movement, illness, surgery. I'm not saying do not get a surgery that you need, but you need to understand that when you do have surgery, as you're healing, you need to give your body a little extra love. You need to really give your Zen monkey a little extra love because your body is in a state of stress. All right, so here we go. Let's explain the stress and blood sugar link, and then we're going to wrap it up. You have a stressor, mental or physical, right? Again, anything your body views as a stressor, the stress hormone cortisol gets released. Because of this, your body thinks there's a problem, right? Cortisol got released. Your body's like, uh-oh, maybe we're being attacked by a neighboring tribe. Maybe a big hungry tiger is chasing us. So your body wants to give you an immediate source of energy by raising your blood sugar. Remember, we talked about that. Blood sugar is a quick source of energy. So when that cortisol gets released, your body's like, pump out the blood sugar because we have a state of emergency. And your rad body shuts all other systems down so you can fight or run, right? Fight or flight. But you don't do either because you're sitting on the 405 having a little fit because somebody cut you off. So your body did all that, right? It, it gave you the blood sugar for energy to run from the lion or the tiger, and then it shut down all your other systems, your immune system, your reproductive system, your digestive system. It shut it all down. And it's like all forces focus on getting the blood sugar up because we have this immediate emergency. But you're just sitting in your car with another 45 minutes in your commute. So you're not using that blood sugar's energy. So here we go. Insulin gets released to lower your blood sugar. And again, since you're not using it as energy, what happens? It goes and gets stored as fat. So if this continues to happen, your body will continue to store more fat, especially in your midsection. 
belly fat is directly impacted by the stress hormone cortisol, okay? And the stress cycle can also lead to insulin resistance. So I hope that makes sense. The link between blood sugar, fat storage, stress, fat storage. On the next episode, I'm going to give you some signs that your blood sugar is out of whack. We're going to talk about ways to manage your blood sugar. So you want to come back for that. And I'm also going to create for you a balanced blood sugar manage your BS checklist. Yeah, are you going to be excited about that? All right. Thanks for being here today. I hope you enjoyed your walk. I love walking and talking with you, Rever. Um, And I will see you in our next episode, part two of discovering this game-changing secret that is your blood sugar for optimal health and fat loss. All right, Rever. Bye for now. Thank you.